Well, praise the Lord. Man, it's good to see you guys out there. All right. You know, um, we, we pause a little bit at this time. Um, I don't know if you realize it, but we have 39 families listening that aren't here today that are Church on the Rock. So that's just not people, that's families. So I think that's real cool. And also down in Naples, Florida... Uh, we have a bunch of people down there listening, our church on the rock. We even got some people in Casper, Wyoming listening. So everybody say, hi, Casper, Wyoming. And then also, give it up big. Come on, they need to hear you now. Give it up big for Costa Rica. Yeah. Hey, I think they heard that. One more time for Costa Rica. Oh, oh no. Help me out, Chad. You got me, babe. You've had me for 33 years. Seems like yesterday. Did I tell you what a good day yesterday was? Hey, I need another stand. Chad, man, come on, get up here. Get me a good stand inside. Give me a stand inside. All right, or I'll grab this one over here. I think so. I think so. Some people are like, we ought to meet outside every week. It's a little hotter this week, though. So uh, we will be meeting out here next week for June. We will be outside for sure. And uh, it sounds like they're going to make some announcements this week. So we'll be ready for that. Amen. So again, welcome to Church of Art. We're continuing our series called Keep the Change. And the reason we're calling that, Carmen said that all things work together for them that love God and are called according to his purposes. That last song said we go from glory to glory. How many know that what seems like lemons, we turn into lemonade? Amen? We go from glory to glory. We're ever-changing. Hey, thank you, Chad. You're doing the good one, buddy. We're going to have to give somebody give him a tip today. All right, we're going glory to glory. Praise God. Awesome, awesome. So much better. But um, on Keep the Change, you wouldn't believe how many couples and parents said, man, when we were in that forced uh, time at home, I can't tell you how close I got to my wife. I can't tell you how close I got to my spouse. Man, we implemented some things in family to where our, our family will never be the same. There was an amazing change. Come on, how many say there was a great change? At first, it was a little rough. I mean, we were coming out of our skin, and we were like, oh, man, 24 hours, no break. Come on, moms, no break. But then we see that, that a lot of good came out. So we're calling this Keep the Change. Today I'm going to be talking to the fathers. Happy Father's Day. You know, a new mother left her room in the maternity ward. She went down to the nursery and she found her husband staring at the brand new baby boy. The mother could tell that he was just captivated by this baby because he was so intently just standing there looking down. She was touched, and she came up and tiptoed in behind him, wrapped her arms around his, his waist, and, and said, man, honey, you are so amazing. What are you thinking about? And that man looked at her and he said, you know what, honey? I just can't understand how they're able to make a crib like that for $89.95. Ladies, I'm telling you, when it comes to men, how many say you need a dictionary? 
How many say you need a thesaurus at times? When we say it would be too long to explain, what that really means is I have no earthly idea how this thing works. When we say, this is interesting, dear, what it really means is, oh, I, I, I didn't realize you were still talking. When we say it's a guy thing, we mean there's absolutely nothing rational or logical about what we're saying, and it doesn't matter what I do, you're not going to get this, dear. When we say, okay, sure thing, yes, baby, it means absolutely nothing. It's a conditioned response. You're going to love this one. When we say we can't find it, how many men say we can't find it? We can't find it. When we say we can't find it, what we really meant to say is it's in plain sight, but it didn't fall in my outstretched hand, and so I'm completely clueless right now. When we say, baby, I hear you. When we say, I hear you, we're saying I haven't the foggiest clue what you just said. I'm just hoping desperately that I'm faking it well. And finally, when we say, honey, you got to slow down. Take a break. You're working too hard. What it really means is can you please set down? You're distracting me from the Bears game. Anybody out there say amen. We need a dictionary. So whether you're just getting in a relationship or you've been in one for decades, it's useful to know what men want in a relationship. And if you can apply these things that we talk about in the various ways that we talk about, I think it could have a healthy and maybe a positive impact on your relationships. You know, and I'd have to say that most relationships begin with that attraction. You know, in the, even in the Bible, the Bible says when Isaac was seeking his wife, Rebecca, it said, man, she was beautiful, attractive, chaste, modest, looked down her finger, said, unmarried. Man, I'm attracted to that. She said about David, man, he's ruddy, attractive, eyes, man, I love his eyes. This is in the Bible, very handsome appearance. Man, he's a skilled musician. Come on, Brian, tear it up, buddy. Ari's out there, man, he's a skilled musician, a valiant man, a man of war, prudent, eloquent in speech, very attractive. But here's the neat thing that this lady said. She said, what I like most about him is the Lord is with him. The Lord is with him. So when a man sees a woman, it may start with that attraction. I got to tell you, I was on a two-wheeler moving some chemicals down Walmart and filling up the Clorox, and I about tripped over my feet when I saw a beautiful blonde bomb, I'm telling you, in the shoe department. She had blonde hair, oh, her physique, and I was like, I got to know that girl. Married her. Been with her 33 years, but it starts with that attraction. But I want to emphasize what I really like the most about Carmen, what really makes her attractive. What do men want? Attraction. There's that physical attraction, but there's also that godly attraction. That's that love for God, and that's what captivated me. So how do we keep this attraction strong in God? I say women, children, be yourself. Let things happen naturally. Be more fun, relax. Let's don't get our undies in a wad sometimes. You know, men love confidence, and when you let things kind of roll off your back and don't take things so serious, maybe that positive outlook, maybe that constant nagging or a negativeness can be a turnoff. You know, I believe it's important to men. My wife always says, Brian, you're a fifth grader. You act like a fifth grader. How many fifth graders we got out there? All right, 
Because it's important to a man to have fun. Come on, men. Is it important to have a little fun? A little bit of fun? It's important. Humor. Men like the looseness, the goofiness. Uh, they, they, they like goofing off with the guys. But I want to tell you, my wife, when she was reading my notes, she said, do you really mean that? Guys like goofing off with their guys, friends, but they'd rather do it with their wives. They'd rather do that with their wives. No one likes it when a partner just takes themselves too seriously. So we just need to, as Ecclesiastes 9.9 says, we need to just enjoy life with our beloved wife. That's what the Bible says. All the fleeting days. How many say life goes too fast? So let's enjoy. Come on, let's be in the moment today. Let's don't think about tomorrow. Let's be in the moment today and enjoy life. So men like that attractiveness, but believe it or not, men like emotional intimacy, emotional intimacy. Most men, you know, don't like to show their feelings, but listen, they do have a few people that they talk to, that they do show their feelings to and have that openness with. But you know what, spouses, I want to challenge us as spouses to not let our guy or our wife to find that even a friend. Let's find that emotional connection because men do need to talk. You know what men need is a safe place, a safe place that, that they, even if they break down and cry, that you're not disgusted or think he's weak, a safe place where they can be vulnerable, a place that they can see the cracks but love you anyhow. The Bible says that in Proverbs 17 with this, it said a friend Hit your wife, hit your spouse, and say a friend loves all the time. A friend loves all the time. Kinfolk, kinfolk, our family, are born for times of, of trouble. I want you to look around at this church family. We're born for each other. We're born for each other in times of trouble. Intib emotional intimacy is in sharing and vocalizing how you feel. Anybody out there? Scripture teaches these things we're talking about. We can have better relationships. Do you know the Bible teaches us that we need to vocalize? We need to vocalize how we feel about our partner. The Bible even did this. I, I want to just read what the Bible says. It says, my dear lover glows with health. He's red-blooded. He's radiant. He's one in a million. How many men would like that to hear that from your wife? There's no one quite like him. My golden one, pure and untarnished with raven black curl, tumbling hair. Why'd they have to put tumbling hair in there? All right. With raven black curls with tumbling hair across his shoulder, his eyes are like doves, soft and bright, but deep set, brimming with meaning like wells of living water. His face is rugged. His beard smells like sage. His voice and words are warm, and they're reassuring. Fine muscles, now I know Carmen's writing this, fine muscles ripple beneath his skin. Is this in the Bible, Brian? You betcha, buddy. Quiet and beautiful, his torso, oh, I need to work on that. His torso is the work of a sculptor, hard and smooth as ivory. He stands tall like a cedar, strong and deep-rooted, a rugged mountain man, aromatic with wood and the stone scents. His words are kisses. His kisses are words. Everything about me, everything about him thrills me through and through. That's my lover. 
I like how the Bible says it here. That's my lover. That's my man. I want you to elbow and say, that's my man. That's my lover. That's my man. So men like that emotional connection. Hey, did you know what? There's a little romance in your man. No, come on, Brian. There is romance in your man. Come on, man. Give it up if you are a romancer. Come on. You like a little bit of romance. Don't tell me he's going to put the Bible in this. You betcha I am. How many romances are there out there? Now, women, I'm not talking about chocolate and flowers. You got to be a little bit creative here, a little bit creative, a little bit wild out there. Romance are that little unexpected surprises that catch your man off guard, that quick kiss on the cheek, that impromptu cuddle or grab, maybe a little hotter, maybe that passionate kiss, the nibble on the neck where you're whispering in their ear, maybe later we're going to have a good talk. Romantic gestures, they show that passion, spontaneous, generous. They shows that you're generous in your love. Men like that. Men like that. Saying how you feel is so important. In the Bible, the man says this in Song of Song. The man says, how beautiful you are, my darling. Think about that, man. When's the last time that we looked at our wives and said, how beautiful you are, my darling? How beautiful your eyes are like doves. And then the woman responds, you are so handsome. Brian, my love, you love me and you please me beyond my words. And when we have our bedtime, our bedtime is the grass, it's our bed. So you see that there's that talking. There's another place that says, let me see your form in Song of Solomon 2.14. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet and your form is lovely. She said this. She said, his mouth is full of sweetness. And he's wholly desirable to me. This is my beloved. This is my friend. Guys, I'm telling you, men like to hear that. Men like to hear that. It's Father's Day. I'm trying to tell you what can make your relationships better. Men like to hear that. You know, the other thing that has been building blocks for Carmen and I. I want to just tell you, Carmen and I, we still passionately kiss. Passionately kiss. That doesn't, shouldn't leave a marriage. That stuff shouldn't leave a marriage. We should have the love of our youth. We got to keep that alive, guys. But another building block for Carmen and I is good communication. Good communication. We call it honest communication. I bet, I bet, 15 or 20 times a day, Carmen and I'll say, hey, honest, con- honest communication, dear, and then we'll say it. Well, honest communication is, you know how many years we went not being truthful with each other? Uh, not, not, not that we lied to each other, but we were like, do you need to tell me everything? Yes. Honest communication. To keep your man happy, you have to be able to communicate, even when you might want to give him the silent treatment and leave him there wondering what the heck he did wrong. I'll tell you what, it's frustrating to a man when we don't know what we did wrong. There's times we really don't know. But the wife's looking at us, and they're like, how can this idiot not know? But let's do something for both of us. Let's do our, our both of us a favor, and let's everybody yell out, talk. Come on, I can't hear you. Talk. Yell out talk. People in healthy relationship, we got to talk in an honest way. 
Communication involves this listening. While, while men say they, they, they less likely are wanting to talk about their feelings, let him know that you are there for him, that you're his number one cheer, cheerleader. Men have feelings too, and they need that. Now, sisters, I realize that some of you have a husband. When you try it, it doesn't work well. It doesn't work well. It makes him angry, and it doesn't turn out right. But that, just because it's not turning out right doesn't mean you give up on the Word. That's where you turn it over to the Holy Spirit in prayer. You begin to ask the Holy Spirit to take that man's heart. Begin to let your words get to him. Anybody out there say amen. So if your man's not that way, don't, don't push off saying what I'm saying isn't true, and I've tried that. Mix it with some prayer, and there can be a good result. Honest communication, it really can be painful. How many say it can be painful? But it makes us closer. Some of, the, some of the toughest, painfulest talks and honest communication that Carmen's had from me, there's times where I literally didn't think I could hear anymore. And the reason that's hard is because we battle with acceptance anyway. Sometimes we battle with insecurities anyway. And then when you're hearing these things, it makes you want to curl up or back off. And sometimes I, when Carmen's talked to me, I'm like, man, I, I can't take any more of this. I, I feel so awful as it is, and, and this isn't making me feel good. And, but there's something about honest communication. If you stay with it and take the time to talk it through and, and, and not, even if it means you're talking past midnight, which we've done many times in our marriage, where you talk that thing through, it, even if it's horribly painful, it makes you closer. I don't understand it. I don't understand it, but it really does. You know, Paul said to the Corinthians, we've spoken honest to you. Our hearts have been completely open to you. We've shared our personal thoughts, and we've held nothing back from you. We, we, we've shared our thoughts for you. In God's temple, we walk together. Honest communion can be painful but in some odd way, that rawness draws us closer. Listen to this scripture, Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens his friend. That friction is what makes you sharp. Listen to this one. This is one of my favorite scriptures, Psalms 27, 6. It says, wounds, wounds from a sincere friend are better than kisses from the enemy. Think about that. Wounds, sincere, honest talk. But to have honest talk, how many know that we have to have a big heart of forgiveness? Everybody say forgiveness. The Bible says in your anger, don't sin, don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. Carmen and I have done pretty good on that in our 33 years of being married, and that means that forgiveness has to be given before we go to sleep. Listen to this. The Bible says in Proverbs 17, 9, it says, love prospers. How many want your love to prosper? Lift up your hand if you want your love to prosper. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven. But dwelling on that fault separates closest friends. Hey, guys, love, love prospers when it's forgiven. But sitting here and dwelling on it, the Bible says we don't keep record of wrong. Anybody out there say amen. But when we forgive, we forgive. Here's another one me and Carmen do. On Psalm 73, 73 21, it says, when I choose to be bitter, 
How many know that bitterness is a choice? Sometimes we're like, I want to be angry. I want to be bitter. I don't want to forgive yet. I'm not ready to do that. I want him to pay for a little bit. You know, the Bible says when I choose to be bitter, then I am emotionally pained and emotionally tormented. You're only hurting yourself by choosing to be bitter. Here's one that we say at our house. Everybody say banish. Banish. Say it louder. Banish. The Bible says banish emotional stress from your mind. Banish it. It's not welcome. Emotional stress, I banish you from my mind. And I put it away from my body. For our youth and the prime of our life, it's, it's fleeting away. Guys, it is, life is too short to stay bitter and angry with each other. Let's talk some things out. Let's keep our youth and our marriage because life's too short. Let's banish some pain from our mind. The next thing is a man needs affirmation. Let's face it, life's tough. Always pressure in our careers and our personal lives. Uh, there's this thing called life that's hard sometimes. Guys, even the most confident-seeming man could use some reassurance now and then. Seriously. Whether it's about themselves, personally, their careers, or being a dad. You know, I always get down on myself thinking I wasn't the best dad in the world. Or I wasn't the best husband in the world. How many know when you get in your 50s, you look back and you're like, oh, I wish I'd have done that, could have done that. Um, but, you, you know, we, sometimes we need that re- reassurance where your wife says, man, you are a good husband. You are a good man. You love me. You provide for me. I admire how you work. I admire the things you do. I like everything. You ever wonder if your wife even likes you? Man, I like everything about you. I like you. You are a good man. Thank you for taking care of me and the family. Men like that. Men need that because, honestly, a lot of men struggle with accepting themselves. A lot of men don't like who or what they are, and they have trouble. You want to know a way that enemy attacks a man? It, it, it's, it's, it's a man accepting himself. He, he's real hard on himself. But a man needs acceptance. How you can show your man you accept him for who he is right now is commit to agree to disagree in arguments. Commit to getting comfortable with being different in some of your views. Uh, letting go when it comes to different opinions and, and things that you don't have to win. We don't have to win every battle. Seeing his flaws but loving him anyway and saying he's perfect to you. So men need that. They need that affirmation. Now I'm going to talk about this next one. And I know that, that we have children in the um, service today and and I've went through and I've toned it down a whole bunch. I kind of wish we were inside and the kids were at children's church because honestly, this kind of a sermon needs preached in churches because relationships need help in the church world. But here's another thing is men want and need physical relationship. Everyone knows that this is, I'm talking about intimacy and sex. Everyone knows that this is super important to men and it's also to women. Men really do need intimacy. Listen to me. Men really do need intimacy. It's a way that they feel connected in marriage. Ladies, you get connected in different ways, and that may be one of the ways you connect, but men need that. 
Of course, there's times when you can't. You can't have intimacy. But if you're fit and healthy, having sex with your husband will bond the two of you like nothing else. And you're never too old for it. You're never too old for that. Keep that intimacy. Think about it like this. Imagine your husband's still in bed and the only person that can help him. Imagine your husband's struggling. He's in bed and the only person that can help him is you. Not a friend, not his buddy, not some random stranger. Only you can help him get better. It can be like that for men sometimes. And you know, having that sexual intimacy and release makes him feel better about everything. Seriously. They can only turn to their wife for that. So don't deprive them of that to where they look somewhere else. Guys, I'm telling you, physical intimacy is so important to what a man wants. And it's Father's Day. Some, uh, come on, men. Somebody say, preach it. Preach it. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay? Men need that. Even the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 7. It says the husband should meet his wife's sexual needs. And the wife should do the same for her husband. Look at this. The wife doesn't have authority over her body. It's not your body. It's his. It's what the word says. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his body. The wife does. Don't refuse to meet each other's needs unless you both agree for a short period. Everybody say short period. Come on. It's all right to talk about this. Everybody say short period. For a short period of time to devote yourselves to prayer. Then come back together. Look at this. So that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Intimacy is so important. Intimacy is so important. Brothers and sisters, when you get further in your relationship, and when you get older and older, I, I want to even, even young couples with kids Husband, we need to know what it's like if the wife is wrestling the kids and, and cooking and doing everything. But here's the deal. The wife shouldn't be doing all that. The wife shouldn't be doing all the cooking, all the cleaning, all the picking up, all the running from the kids, all the bath taking, all the, hey, man, it's time for some men to roll up their sleeves and get busy to helping around the house. It needs to be that way. But if your man's contributing that, that, that way, younger couples, listen to me. You know, after you have your baby, sometimes you don't feel as attractive. You're still attractive to your man. You know, when, when, when your, your body's change with, with children and, and, and when you're wrestling kids and stuff, it's hard to feel that intimacy I've seen a lot of couples lose intimacy young in their marriages. Guys, keep that physical intimacy. And then when you get a little older, when you get a little older, you need to do things so that that flame doesn't go out. We can't fall into complacency with this because the intimate bond in the relationship needs to be there. Carmen and I have what we call micro habits. When we did the sermon series, Habits, um, we have habits that we do specifically. One thing we do, you know, even in the scripture, it says, I've sprinkled my bed with myrrh, aloe, and cinnamon. That means the sheets are washed. That means things are clean. That, 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 that means we're just not same old, same old, and, 
and, and that sort of thing. Um, it, it says, um, um, but something that Carmen and I do with micro habits, and you may think this is crazy, but brush your teeth. Who wants to kiss an old sour mouth that's been sucking on a cigar? You can laugh there. <laughs> uh, c- brush the teeth. Carmen always showers. We shower before we go to bed. We get the room wet, ready. We turn things off and turn to each other and talk. Spend that time rubbing the arm or the shoulder or whatever that is. I'm telling you, it is so important to keep that part alive in your marriage. Somebody say amen. I close with this. I close with this. The last thing is men want a life partner, best friend, a lifelong companion. A partner, hopefully we can, you can say to your spouse, you're not only my lover, but you're my best friend. I think that's what we want most is you're my partner, you're my best friend, you're my lifelong partner. And then we say like the scripture says that a man left, I left my father and mother and I'm joined to my wife and we two are one. The scripture also says, draw me after you and now let's run together. Man, my, my spouse is my friend. She's my companion. She's my best friend. She's my lifelong companion. She loves me at all times. The Bible says love. On, when it says love, I want us to say a friend. A friend is patient. A friend is kind. A friend isn't envy of each other, and it doesn't boast and isn't arrogant and proud and disgusting to be around. It doesn't dishonor the other one. It's not self-seeking. A friend isn't easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. A friend does not delight in evil but rejoices in truth. I like this. A friend, my lifelong friend, my companion, Carmen, the one I love, my best friend, my partner, always protects me, always trusts me, always hopes for me, always perseveres. I'm telling you, two people are better than one because the Word of God says that they succeed together. I've got a partner. I've got a friend that we're going through life together, and we're tearing it up for Jesus, and we're winning out there. One of my favorite scriptures, and I close with it, Paul said, I pray that your partnership in the faith. If you're sitting by your spouse, put your hand on her leg or Hold her hand. I pray for my partnership in the faith. First of all, we're partners in the faith. I pray for my partnership in the faith that we may become effective. Carmen, I pray for you as my partner in the faith. Come on up here now with me. Well, no, that's okay. I pray for you. I pray that our faith, that we become effective together for God. I pray that we acknowledge, Carmen, every spiritual, this is the word, every spiritual blessing that is ours in God. I want to fully acknowledge it. I want to know it, Carmen. I want to know it with you. That's ours. That's our blessing from the Messiah. You're my partner in faith. We're walking together in agreement. Nothing's impossible for us, dear, and we're better together. We're better together. Carmen, we've really become effective together. We've really become effective together, and we're reaching our goals together. We're happy together. 
Our family's happy together. Our home's happy. Our life's happy. We're safe and secure. We're financially happy, emotionally, spiritually. Our children are good. They love each other. They're making a difference in the world. Carmen, through every test and trial and circumstances and high water and fire and storm, I'm saying we can go through anything because you're my life partner. You're my best friend, and you're my partner. I love you deeply. Greater is God that's in us than anything the devil's going to throw with us. If God be for us, baby, who can be against us? We win. Come on, we win. We win in this thing. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Father, in Jesus' name. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that your Holy Spirit will just come. Everybody just close your eyes across this place. I want you to have a moment. The Lord spoke to me and said that he wants to tangibly touch people with his presence. I want you to quiet your heart and quiet your mind. And right now, if, if you're sitting around your father or your spouse, children, children, if you're around your dad, put your hands on him. Wife, if you're around your spouse, put your hand on him. You're in your immediate family, put your hand on him. Wife, child, put your hand on your dad and pray with me right now. Say, Lord, bless my father. Bless my husband. Turn to your dad and say, Daddy, I love you. I thank you for who you are. You're a good man. I honor you. Wife, tell your husband you're an amazing man. You're a good father. You're a good dad. You're a good spiritual leader. I love you, honey. I honor you today. Come on. Use words. Use words. You think this isn't spiritual. That's why your marriage is a drag. Use some words. Use some words today. Use some words. If you're starting with, you're dating someone, or you're getting ready to get married, hear these words today and put those things in your life. Know what your man needs. He's attracted to you, but most of all, he loves Jesus in you. Right now, I want the father to take his hand of his wife and say, we will serve the Lord with all of our heart. Our family will be a house of prayer. We pray God's protection. We pray God's spirit over our home in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I really felt this. With every head bowed and eyes closed, I really felt this. The Holy Spirit brought to my attention at my second church when I was about a se- I was a senior pastor at like 20 years old I preached a message one time and I gave an altar call and I said today some families need to build their life on the rock Jesus Christ they need to give their heart to Jesus they need to put a stake in the ground and say as for me and my house we are going to serve the Lord and that morning there was a big farmer. He, he, he was a big farmer. He, he, he owned a, a cattle a sale barn. Very influential rancher. 
His name was Kenny Ogden. Kenny and his wife and his four boys, the whole family came up and they knelt down. And as a family, they said, we accept Jesus Christ to be King of kings and Lord of lords of our life and our home. And when they did that, his brother Bobby and his sister and all their kids came up. We baptized over 50 people. And they got saved, whole family. They recommitted. Today, I want to do something bold today. If you feel like your family is away from God or you're away from God, maybe you're not serving the Lord. Maybe you're here with partial of your family or maybe you're here with your wife. I want to do something very bold today because I think bold statements is how bold happenings happen. If you want to give your heart to Jesus Christ or you want to recommit yourself and your family to God and that you want to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, would you come right now to the front? I really felt the Holy Spirit impress that in my heart that a whole family needs to come today. A whole family needs to walk to this front and say, as for me and my house, Jesus Christ is going to be King of kings and Lord of lords. Would you come just right here to the front? I'm going to pray with you. Is there anybody that feels the Holy Spirit tugging you to bring yourself or your family? Don't, don't be shy this morning because I really felt the Holy Spirit put that on my heart. Does anybody want to come today? The Holy Spirit's dealing with you. I want you to come today. I'm going to give you just a few moments. If you didn't have the courage to come right now, just say, Father, Jesus, I accept you into my heart. I give my heart to you. I give my family to you. Lord, we've been going away and doing some things that it's not working out like I intended or planned. Today, I feel a good interruption. Thank you for interrupting my schedule today and bringing me here. And Jesus, I want to make you Lord and King of my life today. I accept you as my Savior. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins, and I'm going to make that effort towards you in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe a family prayed that today. Let's give the Lord a hand today because I know when the Lord speaks to me that I know that a family came to the Lord today. I'm going to ask Josh to come up and uh, he's going to give you some instructions. You can be seated.